Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Turn down what's going on everybody it's your boy a double you're now tuned into episode 144 of do rags and boat shoes sorry for the wait but i'm gonna give y'all two episodes this week so we just gonna make it do what it do hopefully everybody had a great weekend a great week off uh from the podcast uh, i know a few people hit me up asking where the show is but uh i don't i'm doubling up this week so i'm gonna bless y'all two times i'm gonna live up to my name a double all right so um as far as me ain't too much been going on over here just doing a lot of uh christmas shopping getting ready for uh you know christmas and the new years and just trying to get everything right uh 2018 been a tough year for me um but you know you got to keep going and keep it pushing you know i lost uh two people two people that were very close to me um, but you know, one thing you have to do is just keep going. You know, you uh, recognize it. You kind of, you know, go through your stages of grief. And uh, doing this podcast has really helped. Really put a battery in my back. And uh, you know, I know 2019 is going to be a better year. But I wake up every day with uh, you know a newfound um, appreciation for life. And I just treat every day as a new beginning. You know, I try not to wait on the new year. Um, Like I said, 2018 been rough, but you just got to keep going and keep pushing. And I know it's been rough for a lot of folks out there. Um, But, you know, we just got to keep it pushing, keep chasing those goals, keep maintaining and, uh, you know, do it for those that are not here. So enough of me being sorry and sappy and shit like that hopefully y'all ain't shedding a tear for me because i'm all right you know i'm gonna keep it pushing so let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam scream so there was an article that came out uh a week ago uh it was about i think it was that first week of december this article came out so last week and it was a, a bbc uh article that was talking about this brother named uh mark lucky uh, he wrote an essay, 250, uh, 2,500 word essay about what it's like uh, working for Facebook, being a black man and, you know, being black at Facebook. Um, so he was saying that, you know, Facebook be fronting like they're for black people. Um, and you guessed it. You know, he had some observations. He did. Uh, he said that the Facebook campus had more Black Lives Matter posters than it did black people. You know, another concern that he brought up was the fact that black users, you know, get flagged for hate speech when they create so-called safe spaces online on Facebook with like a secret group and um, non-black Facebook employees, you know, will revoke those users access due to them so-called violating Facebook terms of service. Right. And, you know, that sounds so familiar because I know a few folks, you know, that will speak on racism, white supremacy. And next thing you know, they're suspended for 30 days. And if you know, I think I spoke about it 
a few episodes ago. Uh, it had to be a while ago. It was probably sometime last year, maybe in 2017, I spoke about it. There was an article that came out that was talking about, or it could have been earlier this year, but it was talking about how um, there's a lot of uh, how the um, matrix is broken down or the coding is broken down that it will flag a Facebook account if you mention like uh, white males or white men uh, that's a protected class uh, so if you speak about anything that white males are doing you know you'll be flagged for hate speech but on the flip side uh, it wasn't protecting I believe it was like black women or black children it was one of those uh, so you could talk about a group of kids all day black kids call them monkeys gorillas whatever the fuck you want to call them and you wouldn't be flagged but if you said something like this white male at this store this manager at this uh this white male manager at this store was being a bigot towards me you know and all this other shit your account would get flagged and somebody would review it and most likely suspend your account for you know seven days or 30 days or whatever and so you know facebook been looking funny in the life for a very long time there's also uh them you know they have they anything that you type into facebook whether it's a message or a status and you don't even post it somehow they can still record that so everything that you do on facebook is being recorded so if you think about sending some nasty shit to your lady on facebook and then you're like uh i know she at work she you know let me go ahead and delete this real quick you know you typing it out it's already saved as soon as you hit the or something like that as soon as you type that first letter you know of the phrase that you about to put in there you know it, they're going to go ahead and record that so they, they've been having issues with uh besides this whole racism thing we've been seeing that uh there's another issue uh when they were uh, somebody was ripping down black lives matter posters or writing over uh the black lives matter mural at the facebook campus and put like all lives matter or some bullshit on there so facebook been on some bullshit for a long time and uh, what I'm getting at is we really don't need Facebook. You really don't. Uh, they try to pawn it off as a necessity. But I mean, do you really need to see somebody that you went to high school with, you know, a decade ago, a couple, you know, some folks a couple decades ago, you know, post a picture of their baby and you ain't talked to since high school I know it's a good way to keep in contact with family and friends, but that's what emails, phone calls, and text messages are for. So they try to pawn it off like it's a necessity that you need Facebook, but you really don't. You really don't. Um, you know, once Facebook went public and there's just so much issues with uh, users, uh, you know, uh, uh, their privacy being uh, violated and things of that sort. So this none of this shit surprises me. This is uh, the bottom line is all about making a dollar. But it, but for black folks specifically. You know, we need to, you know, what am I trying to say? We're, we need to stop um, digitally marching and protesting, you know, the same shit that we're doing in the real world. We're trying to do in the cyber world, you know, oh, give us our, our safe spaces and all this other shit. Like when we, when we can just create our own, there's some very, very talented coders out there and things like that. Uh, but it's just not putting in that work to create our own, pla our own platforms where we won't be censored where we can talk freely about this unjust system that we do face on a daily basis and how refined it is to the point where 
most folks don't believe that it exists but we know that it is out there there's so many instances you can just listen to every fucking episode of this podcast and i give you an example pretty much every damn episode so there's only over 143 episodes that you can listen to and you can see that there there's still you know racism white supremacy still rules the land and the globe right so it just i don't know it's one of those things you know like i said this is why it's so important for us to create our own social media platform you know and it seems like we're lagging behind in the cyber world you know and in the real world you know begging and pleading for facebook to let us have a voice you know we have to change our mentality and start creating platforms you know we make every social media platform hot from our creativity you know everything pops off you know we made vine pop off i don't know why that shut down but uh instagram is popping there's so many comedians and talented dancers and you know models on there twitter has become you know where people go for their news from first-hand accounts um from people you know being in certain situations and a communication tool uh facebook is pretty much a cesspool right now it is it's just so much fake news on there to help with the 2016 you know presidential elections we had those russian bots you know those russian agents on there you know spreading uh divisiveness with the american people you know playing both sides of the fence which is pretty damn easy to do because people look at facebook like it's you know like it's the gospel you know what i'm saying like it's the bible or something of that extent and uh, so it's just nothing but your older relatives on there too you know i post on there uh every friday like hey we made it to friday y'all you know just letting people know hey you got through the week you know hopefully it's a payday for you keep it pushing you know that's pretty much all i do and then i post on the the podcast uh page um but you know it's not a necessity like i said before Uh, but we make everything so goddamn hot why can't we make our own social media platforms hot you see what i'm saying It's, it's one of those things where you know we can come in and make it hot but we have to do that groundwork you know if we truly want online uh so-called safe spaces where you can speak freely and politic with people and you know actually start working towards justice uh for black folks and for other non-whites too you know um so this is a situation where we need to just stop you know having i call them digital sit-ins you know you see these articles come up and then people i'm not fucking with facebook for this long and da 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 but i'm getting to that point where i probably will delete my facebook i think that's probably gonna be one of my new year's resolutions to just get the fuck up off facebook and uh utilize um my do-rags and boat shoes uh facebook page so if y'all not following that make sure you follow that post a lot of funny videos um very insightful articles and things like that so make sure y'all follow that like that page um but that'll probably be 2019 to be the year that i'll just focus on that page and leave my personal page alone you know i want to get to the point where my homeboy juice uh my homeboy justin he just he be on that bitch just for his birthday that's it and he'll put a post every year thanks for the birthday wishes and that's it (laughs) keep it pushing (laughs) so i would like to get get to that point so that's an inspiration to me um but yeah like the the fact of the matter is um we need our own platforms we really do we really do uh where you can speak freely and just kind of do your own thing and um you know actually build and grow and because this is the next frontier conquering the cyber world we know that but moving on uh let's talk about our brown brother 
so-called brother Raimundo Aziano. This was a police chief down in Biscayne Park, Florida. We're going to talk about the black and brown connection, right? (laughs) So y'all know I'm going with some shit with this tone. So this uh, this so-called uh, uh, Hispanic gentleman was a police chief down in Biscayne, Florida, and he claimed that the pressure was too much for his department down there in Biscayne Park. So what kind of pressure, you ask? It was a crime rate pressure. You know, in this little town of 3,200 people, this was mainly a white community, so a white flight area, and the crime rate was pretty much the same, and he was trying to impress elected officials, so he was pretty much cooning. He wanted to get good in with these white officials in this white flight area. He wanted to show, hey, you know, we can get crime down, so he came up with this grand idea. Let me frame some niggas, all right? So he framed blacks for crimes such as burglaries and carjackings, um, he did this by encouraging his officers to falsely accuse black men in the area for crimes. And he was using three officers that kind of fell in line with the chief's dirtball plan. He had Charlie Dayub, uh, Raul Fernandez, and Guillermo Ravello. So the black and brown coalition looking a little funny in the light right now. You know, there were, in uh, all together, there was like 11 events pinned on three brothers, two men and a teenager. So these cops and actually how they got caught was during a federal investigation. And one of these brothers, I believe, did some time, too. Um, So these cops got caught, you know, due to the vague language that was used in all of the reports. It was the same, you know, vague ass flat language that they were using. And, um, you know, the federal investigation actually forced the chief to admit to framing these brothers. You know, his cronies, they got about two years in prison while he uh, will do three years in the joint. But I really do hope and pray that those brothers that was falsely accused will sue the hell out the city. I know it's going to come out the taxpayers' dollars, but it's one of those things where, you know, that is that is the epitome of unjust. Now, these uh, Hispanic gentlemen, these cops, they know what it's like uh, dealing with... Um, uh, you know, dealing with uh, discrimination and uh, prejudice, and so they go out here to impress these white folks because this—that's the standard in their book. That's the standard of American life is white folks. Um, they went out there trying to impress these elected officials and lower some numbers to show that you know they could do their job because they felt inadequate. That's what it was, and they were just like, you know what? Who's low on the totem pole? Who's lower than us? some niggas so let's find some niggas and let's go ahead and frame them for all these crimes you know and they probably would have still been getting away with it if they actually changed up the uh the verbiage uh the language in their uh, police reports and that's just fucked up it's very fucked up to the utmost degree and uh this is why i don't buy into you know uh, conservatives uh, suspected white supremacists and uh other just flat out bigots when they say this whole uh black folks are 13 percent of the population but they commit 50 percent of the crimes and they start throwing out all these numbers and you have cases like this and we know that the justice system is unjust and we know that white folks commit more crimes and are arrested more but they're not convicted 
affected at the same rate as black folks. Why? Because the justice system is unjust and Lady Justice is not blind. Lady Justice sees through the eyes of the religion of racism, white supremacy. That's why you got so many black folks in prison right now, specifically black males. And who's coming up right up the rear? Brown men. And here you got, what was it, three brown men, maybe four. I don't know if that Charlie Dayub, I don't know if he's a, he's a Hispanic. But you got four brown men who's just being a cog in the system, falling right in line, being some brown white supremacists, and to uphold the unjust system. And now, look at them now becoming statistics because it never pays to practice injustice. But I'm going to leave it to my nigga Hove because I ain't nothing but karma. Hove, what you got to say? Don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro of selling hope like damn dope. Right now, we have to give it to uh, the uh, fake outrage that happened over Kevin Hart and his uh, old tweets from almost a decade ago. All right, so, uh, you know. Was it a few days ago, Kevin Hart? Ugh, excuse me, this is just boring me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Kevin Hart was announced as the host of the Oscars, and he was happy about it. He was all over IG, you know, so happy about this opportunity. It was going to be a really good look for him. But then it was like, hold on there, nigga. So <laughs> somebody searched up his old tweets they would looked up they looked for the word fag faggot gay stuff like that and uh they found some old tweets that he didn't delete all right so um back in 2015 so about three years ago three four years ago he doubled down you know addressing those old tweets and um he doubled down, doubled down by saying, because at first he didn't want to apologize for it. He was like, it's in the past. I'm not going to apologize. Um, but he did step down from hosting the Oscars. But if you go back to that 2015 Rolling Stone interview, he was saying, you know, in the past we lived in a different time. Now you have to watch your words. So now, like I said, Kevin stepped down. But I believe Kevin Hart, he should have uh, took a page out of white folks book. You know, he should have apologized and kept on doing his thing, kept on doing the show, apologized during the show or whatever. And, you know, just kept pushing, deleted those tweets because it still would have been a good look for him. And because, uh, I mean, you look at Mel Gibson. When did Hollyweird, you know, give him the green light to be back in movies, you know, after telling his lady that he hopes she got raped by a pack of niggers? I mean, when did when did we when did we forgive Mel Gibson? I, that's what I'm trying to figure out. He he was in what Daddy's Home Part Two, and then he did he produced some other movies and shit. And there's just new movies popping up all the time on iTunes with him starring in it. So I'm like, when the fuck did he get the green light? Was it just like, oh, just sit out for a couple years and then you be right back at it? I don't remember him issuing a public apology at all for any of the things that he said. Um, so I know Kevin. You know, he doesn't have the complexion for the connection, for the protection, for the collection, but he's that one special Negro. You know how Hollywood, Holly Weird, I should say, instead of Hollywood, uh, lets in one nigga at a time and they like milk him dry. You know, he still has that pool in the industry. Now, the brothers uh, Nick Cannon and Tariq Nasheed pointed out uh, different prominent, you know, uh, Hollywood uh, comedians uh, such as... Um, was it Sarah Silverman? There was Joe Rogan. 
and then uh, Amy Schumer, they were they tweeted about fags all day, um, <clears throat> using the word fags all day back in you know ten years ago, almost ten years ago, back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and there's nothing happened to them, you know. But we all know those comedians had the uh, complexion for the connection, for the protection, for the collection, you know, using those derogatory words towards the queer community. But ain't shit happened to them. Hmm. LGBTQIAA community took a page out of our ancestors book, you know, by holding people's feet to the fire that disrespects them. But only certain people, only certain people, black ones. <laughs> All right. Uh, remember uh, the Tracy Morgan incident? They had him out here. Uh, he was saying something in a stand-up special. He had some kind of gay joke or something. They was trying to hold his feet to the fire. And then Dave Chappelle had them too. Um, stand-up specials and he had some trans jokes in there and they were trying to hold his feet to the fire there was a whole bunch of outrage and shit like that but they still out here doing their thing and uh you know it's fine when Dave Chappelle is out here you know making fun of you know uh the black white supremacists you know um making fun of when black folks get reparations and shit like that so that's all fine and dandy when he's offending his own people but then you start talking about people's sexuality and it's like oh shit we need to burn this bridge that he's on you see what i'm saying um but like i'm saying they were holding people's feet to the fire to disrespect them but we as black folks we have to go back to doing that right we have to go back and hold you know this federal and local government responsible for everything from slavery jim crow redlining non-inclusiveness uh, for government programs such as the va loans when they first started they kept black vets from achieving the so-called american dream up until today with the unfair banking practices and home loans issued to blacks giving them higher interest rates when compared to whites with the home uh with the same income and credit scores so if folks can be mad about some words tweeted almost 10 years ago, then we can be furious about how our ancestors were treated and how we are being treated today. Let's all fucking be mad. Let's all of us be outraged, right? But what we're seeing right now is um, we have a lot of black folks out here who put their sexuality before their blackness or on the same level as it. At the end of the day, I don't believe that anybody cares who you're sleeping with. They, they don't they don't give two fucks about it right but you keep trying to make this you know this comparison that lgbtqiaas uh or i should just say lgbtqia instead of adding the other a which is allyship because allies aren't being discriminated against i guess i don't know why they're in that group um but that's the full acronym uh but there was no system built on your back uh i don't get because I know some some gay brothers out here and they will tell you how racist and just low down get a lot of these uh, these uh, white folks in these so-called uh, LGBTQ groups are. Uh, I know a brother who was talking about um, I ain't gonna put his name out there, but he was talking about how, you know, white men in the uh, gay scene, they always looking for somebody who's a, you know, if they want to have sex with a black dude, only for hookups. You know, they always looking for, uh, uh, you know, a so-called uh, big black thug buck or something like that. 
you know, some big black nigga that's going to rip their asshole open. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, just some hardcore, you know, stereotypical thug. That's what they like to look for. You know, And this is what this was told to me right hand to God. I wouldn't lie to y'all. And uh, that's what they look for. And then also, so, and then there's also the discrimination in the dating scene too. It's just like, oh, looking for whites only, you know, um, there's, there's also like, they just want to hook up with black dudes, but they don't want a relationship and shit like that. So I don't, so that's why I don't understand why you're putting your sexuality on the same level as your blackness because your blackness that's your uniform that's your uniform america is race uh that's that's the uh what paul mooney say uh he said america's uh uh real name is race that's what it is that's what it boils down to your skin color is your uniform or what team that you're playing on all that other shit is secondary you're going to be mistreated uh, uh discriminated against because of the uniform that you're wearing your blackness which you're born into you know, so that's why, but that's why you have, you know, this LGBTQ community, you know, they, they want to partner with black folks when it comes to, you know, seeing, oh, look at the mistreatments and shit like that, um, to, so it can look like, oh, this is on the same level as the system of racism, white supremacy, you know, and there hasn't been a whole ass system built on the backs of queer folks that's what's just so frustrating to me when i see black folks be out here hooting and hollering on behalf of their sexuality group you see what i'm saying that's why it's frustrating for me uh just seeing shit like that and it's just like oh then it, then it's like oh well it can both exist it can be a duality and all this other shit no no it cannot no it cannot because you don't see that you're being used and that's 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 what's bothersome to me to see my gay brothers and sisters my queer brothers and sisters uh my queer folks you know if you're non-binary you don't want to be identified as male or female um you know being used out here you, you don't get that you're being used for an agenda then it's just thrown onto the wolves i mean essentially you you looking like a coon that's what it breaks down to and that's what's so fucked up that's what's so fucked up just seeing this shit and seeing black folks come at kevin hart's neck and shit like that and you know we all have a past where you've all said some things that we didn't mean and shit like that and it's just troubling to see you put your blackness on the back burner when you know the hell that your people are is catching in this in this country globally i just seen some shit uh with our brothers across the pond uh some african brothers and uh british brothers over there they are actually changing their names so they can get a job it was in the guardian there was an article came out a couple days ago they were talking about how they changed their names to obtain jobs in fields like IT, so information technology and shit like that, to get well-paying jobs, they have more than the credentials, but they but they have those African names, and it's just not at least getting them a callback or at least a goddamn interview. No, at least a callback, not even a fucking interview, let alone an interview. So this is a global phenomenon, but you up here want to play. You know, you up here thinking that you allied with somebody, you know, just because y'all like the same, you know, y'all have the same sexuality. But that person knows at the end of the day, the white folks know in the LGBTQ community, they know about the religion of white supremacy. And it's so embedded in them that it's so refined that it's just a way of life. They don't even see what's wrong with it. And you know that it's wrong. You know that it's wrong. 
And I'm not trying to alienate you or make you feel bad about it, but you have to realize that your skin color is your uniform in America. That's your team's uniform. And right now, you fucking up. You committing too many turnovers right now. But um, hopefully, going back to this Kevin Hart situation, hopefully this brother will uh bounce back it looks like he is he's still out here doing shows and shit like that and uh you know this uh the lgbtqia uh community ain't in the uproar about these other offensive tweets from like joe rogan and uh, sarah silverman and amy schumer nobody's writing articles about that and you know uh canceling them and shit like that but it is what it is it is what it is it's easy to attack the low man on the totem pole the low person on the totem pole and that's black folks we know how the racial hierarchy looks uh when it comes to race in america and globally so it's easy to do that you see a nigga doing his thing you know it's easy to knock him off the off the pedestal and i just feel i i believe that this trend will continue and uh you know try to make black people the boogeyman of uh homophobia so you're gonna start seeing more uh uh, you're going to start seeing more um, more articles come out, more videos come out of certain situations uh, where it's a black perpetrator. That's what you're going to see from, from right from now on, because before it was the street harassment thing before that, we're the face of crime. So this is what's going to happen in this outrage culture. But that's been selling hope like dope because I feel like I am preaching too much truth and maybe folks don't want to hear it. This portion of Do Rags and Boat Shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, moving on to holding this L. We have to give it to uh, two brothers and a daddy. So, uh, what was this? Back in late November, two brothers were arguing over NFL protest against racial injustice when the daddy shot one of the brothers. You had 21-year-old Esteban Valencia, he was arguing with his brother about the NFL protest when it started to get violent. So Esteban started throwing furniture and then 51-year-old Jorge Luis Valencia La Madrid grabbed his pistol grip shotgun. Uh, Esteban threw a water bottle and hit his daddy in the face. Shotgun went off and Esteban was shot in the leg and hand. Pops was arrested for aggravated assault. Whole ass family gotta hold this L. Y'all arguing to the point of violence like some children. So the daddy can't come in with the belt and whoop some ass, so he grabs his shoddy. Now I don't know about y'all, but if I'm in somebody's home, family or not, and they go get their gun, I'm leaving. I ain't asking no questions. I'm not about to throw shit at them, daring them to shoot me. This national anthem protest ain't a hill that you want to die on, me amigo. And Poppy grabs the shoddy for what reason? Pulling a gun out on your own seed. That is wild as fuck. So all I gotta say, all of y'all gotta hold this L. You win. Perfect. All right, so moving on to not all heroes wear capes. We have to give it to uh, Payless Shoe Stores. They tricked a bunch of people into paying uh, a lot of money for some $20, $30 shoes. So uh, they did this uh, kind of experiment type thing uh, where they created uh, a luxury uh, boutique and they called it Palisi, uh, P-A-L-E-S-S-I. 
and uh, folks were paying between $200 and $600 for some shoes that's actually about $20 to $40. I'm sorry, I said $30 shoes. And uh, they made it look real fancy, and it used and they hosted it into an old Armani store. And um, they said they sold about $3,000 worth of shoes. And then they had a video along with it. And, then, you know, folks were like, oh, it's elegant, it's sophisticated. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where you just like, I'm going to post a YouTube link. But it, it, it shows to me, the reason I say not all heroes wear capes is because we're living in a time where we have the Internet at our fingertips. And if you got a little bit of extra money, you can cash out. And how do you do that? Well, you have to sell exclusive items. So say um, say you have some hats, some dad hats or something, right? All you have to do, you know, you get them printed up, you know, you get maybe 40 to 50 of them, you know, get them printed up for, you know, with the designs and shit like that, three, $400, you know, and I know you're like, oh, that's a lot of money, but motherfucker, you just bought two pairs of J's last month. That's the money right there, right? So you can sell those hats, you know, say you have 50 hats, you got them for, you know, $400 and you got, you know, a, a design, a hot design embroidered on her, embroidered on them and you start selling them for, you know, maybe $30 a pop, um, something like that. You know what I'm saying? And then you flip that shit. Give me just a second here. So you flip that, so you're selling these dad hats that you didn't pay, you know, $400 for 50 of them, and you flip that, start selling them for uh, $30 a pop. So what's that, 30 times 50, that's $1,500 that you done made right there, right? But how do you make that $1,500? So it's all about making them exclusive. This this is the key to everything. This is why that goddamn skateboard um, brand, that streetwear brand Supreme is so hot. And why Nike and other shoe companies, you know, they have these these shoes that are rare, so-called rare, right? So you only made 50 of them. You know, you do an Instagram post. Um, everybody has some bad chicks in a city that they talk to that has, you know, 3,000 to 10,000 followers. Every fucking city has them. I don't care where you live at. You know somebody in your city, somebody you didn't went to high school with, somebody you used to work with, or something, some some cute little lady who has a lot of followers and takes some dope pics. So you commission her, you know, pay her maybe 30, 40 bucks to post it, you know, or to model, you know, the, the, the hat on her Instagram page for a couple of weeks or something to that extent. Because I'm going to tell you something, a lot of these folks who have all these followers, they ain't really getting paid like that. You know, they, ain't, they don't know how to monetize that. So you get a couple of cute women from your city to rock these hats. And then you have to say that it's exclusive. Like it's a limited time only. We only have these hats and you just and that's how it takes off from there. And you have to sell it. You have to sell a lifestyle. You have to sell it like you got this. Nobody else is going to have it. This is a limited edition, you know, run of these dad hats. No more will be made. I'm only asking for 30 bucks right now. The price probably will go up. So that's how you do this shit. You know what I'm saying? Or you can start, you know, just have, you know, the cute woman modeling the, the hat just in different picks and things like that pay her a little bit more money maybe or she could just do it on gp just on general principle she believes in the vision yada 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 she wants to get in on the ground floor whatever you know what i'm saying so she's rocking these hats all in her pictures and folks are like oh damn where you get that hat at da, 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 da. and then it references your dad hat page and you got this limited run 
boom, you done sold all 50 of them hats, you got $1,500, and you go do a, another limited run, this time you do t-shirts, and that's how you just start building that brand up, that's, that's exactly how it goes, you, ju you just have to get somebody that looks good, and even, you know, get your homeboy who's kind of built, you know, kind of, you know, a, you know, handsome looking guy, you know, who uh, who's who's very photogenic. Get him rocking the dad hat too. take some pictures with the pretty young lady. They looking like a superstar couple. And then lo and behold, that's how it works. It's always one of those things where you have to sell it as an exclusive. It has to look good on women and fellas have to feel like they could be the man rocking it. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly how it goes. That's why I say, that's why I give not all heroes wear capes to pay less because essentially you're just, you know, you make it the cheaper. It's a cheap product. A dad hat is a cheap product, but it has a high turn, it has a high profit margin. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, okay, you done bought these 50 hats, you know, for three, four hundred dollars. You sell them for thirty dollars a pop. Boom. Here I am making eleven hundred dollars profit. You know what I'm saying? Eleven, twelve hundred dollar profit. You know, close to that. So, I mean, you can't beat that at all. So that's just something to think about. And that's why I found it so inspiring. And uh, I felt like that y'all should hear that because this, th there's money out there. You just got to go get it. And you have to sell a lifestyle. You have to sell the exclusiveness of it. That's why these kicks always fly off the shelves. It's like... Um, uh, like I said with rare sneakers that come out It's like oh this is going to be limited Or you could sell it like this um, You could do something like a draw Like once the brand starts popping That first run of uh, hats went out And that second run of the t-shirts came out Now you're doing another limited drop Of some more dad hats Maybe you didn't change the color of it The first ones you dropped was black These ones are denim You know what I'm saying And now you're just like oh we're doing a draw now you know what I'm saying? So, you know, send your information to, you know, this email address and da da da, and random winners will be picked. Or you could do the whole Instagram thing. You could do an Instagram draw where it's like, oh, tag your friends, like the page, share it, and then we'll pick some lucky winners to give away some of those first run hats. You know what I'm saying? You'd have maybe held back, you know, maybe 10 hats or something like that. Or you got 10 more printed for the low. Or your initial order, you know, was uh, 50 dad hats, but they threw in 10 for free as a bonus. So now you're going to uh, th throw in a drawing for those 10 hats, you know, to get the word out. So the game is there, but you have to start off by selling exclusive. Don't get no big ass, you know, three, four hundred dad hat order. You have to sell it exclusively and plus your money ain't that long you know what i'm saying but you, if you have that extra you know few hundred dollars laying around here go ahead and get into this clothing game because it's all about you know 90s fashion uh being exclusive and shit like that but the dad hat thing is just a you know just a, a promo you know what i'm saying just just an example that i was given so you could do it with t-shirts you know you could do it with leggings for women um you could do it with um socks you could pretty much do it with any kind of clothing article. You could really do that because um, with clothes, it's really there's so many companies out here, so many print companies and embroidering companies that throw these deals out here. You know, it's just like get these 50 hats, like I said, for three, four hundred dollars or uh, get, you know, get a thousand T-shirts for, you know, five hundred bucks or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? And you turn around, sell the T-shirts, you know, for thirty dollars or something like that. It's a the profit margin gets a little get a little smaller than with the dad had example that I gave. But it's out there. And so Payless did the same thing showing that, hey, these cheap ass shoes is hot. 
but if we put a high-end you know aura around it make it feel like you know you doing something you out here got something exclusive and it's always just it's just some goddamn fake leather some pleather and you know and uh you know uh, uh some other bullshit ass fabrics but we didn't put it in a fake armani store so you have to sell hope like dope you know when you first start out that's that's the epitome of it but uh payless just gave y'all a blueprint i just gave y'all an example so y'all need to jump on that not all heroes wear capes all right so moving on to the last portion of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so this quote comes from the legendary comedian paul mooney and this quote goes and it ain't gonna be nothing crazy all right (laughs) uh it says i can't change the past but one person can change the future anything can happen so we are getting ready to step into uh 2019 i just want y'all to keep on keeping on stay focused i know i speak a lot about the system of racism white supremacy and i give you guys instances of uh the unjust system doing its job but i don't want that to deter you from trying to and achieving your goals no we're gonna take try out of our vocabulary and we just gonna do it you can change the future you can make this world a better place for all little boys and girls out here um just keep fighting a good fight that's what it's all about that's what it's always been about is fighting a good fight and replacing this unjust system with the system of justice right that's what it boils down to so you know what you need to do so do it i know what i need to do and i'm doing it so continue fighting a good fight and as always i love y'all and y'all stay tuned for episode 145 because like i said i doubled up for y'all living up to my name and i love y'all one